0: Welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. You can also follow along on Instagram at Speechy Side Up. This episode is a little different than my other episodes as it's available for ASHA CEUs. If you want to earn ASHA CEUs, then stay on until the very end because that is where I provide registration details. This pod course was first presented during the Back to School AAC Challenge on August 16th, 2021. We've decided to release it on the podcast this month of October to celebrate AAC Awareness Month, and we hope you enjoy it if you missed out on the challenge. It's called the Must Have Back to School AAC Resources, and I have my guest Sarah Gregory here, which I'm super excited about. This is approved for ASHA CEU, so we have to go over the agenda and disclosures. So briefly, we're gonna start with some introductions and backgrounds, then we'll discuss evidence-based strategies to promote AAC during in-person and teletherapy. We'll talk about strategies and factors to use when using digital materials during in-person therapy. We'll talk about the evidence-based strategies that you can use to engage AAC users during both in-person and teletherapy. And then we'll talk about some of the online resources that support teletherapy with AAC users. And of course, we'll wrap up with a question and answer session as well. All right,
1: Sarah, go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. So I'm Sarah Gregory. I'm a speech pathologist and assistive technology consultant in um, the Ithaca City School District that's in upstate New York. So I have a split position where I have a caseload of students. And then I also do the AT consult pre-K through 12 in our district um, in upstate New York. I really specialize in AAC. Um, I'm pretty focused on inclusion. So I present on those topics um, at state, national, and now international conferences. And then I share when I can on social media about AAC, a lot of teletherapy the past year and a half on my YouTube channel, Instagram, and Twitter at Sarah Gregory SLP. Awesome.
0: And if you're not familiar with me, I'm Vanita Lipback. I'm the host of the Speechy Side Up podcast. I'm also very passionate about AAC, assistive technology and literacy. And I am a recent mom to a now nine-month-old daughter who's just amazing. But I would love to get to know everyone who's here a little bit better. So can you go ahead and put in the chat where you are joining in from? So I'm in Florida. Sarah, you said you're in New York, right? New York, yep. Okay, let's see where everybody else is from. Tennessee, Colorado, Texas, California. Chicago, Arkansas, Arizona, oh my goodness, all over. Awesome. What about the settings that you work in? What type of settings is everybody working in?
1: Ooh, somebody from Buffalo, New York. That's my neck of the woods, or originally from Buffalo. Oh, awesome. A couple high school SLPs.
0: Wow, someone's from Australia. So there you go, international again. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So a, a, quite a few high school, some early intervention. What setting, what,
1: uh, yeah, what setting are you in, Sarah, like in school? Um, so fun fact, I don't think I've told really anybody this yet, um, but I've worked in pre-K for most of my career. The last five years, my direct caseload has been in pre-K and this year I'm going to high school. So wow. Congrats. Thank you. I'm excited though. i my kids are preschool age and so I just can't do it 24 hours a day. yeah. I, uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> Emily said, woohoo, win for the high school
0: team. Yes. <laughs> All right. And then I'll let you share your disclosures
1: and I'll go ahead and share mine. All right. So my financial disclosures are I get a salary from my school district, the Ithaca City School District. I I um, have a very small private practice, Sarah Gregory SLP. I sometimes get income or honorariums from speaking engagements and online courses. I also at times receive um, codes to trial therapy products or tools. Non-financially, I'm an ASHA member and also a member of ASHA's SIG 12, which is our AAC SIG. Great.
0: And I have the following relevant financial relationships disclosed. I have ownership interest in Speechy Side Up and Tassel Learning, and I receive royalties from the Luno's What to Do Book series. And then I am also a member of ASHA's Special Interest Group 12. All right, so by the end of this pod course, we hope that you'll be able to describe at least two strategies to use digital materials in in in-person therapy, describe evidence-based strategies to engage AAC users in person and in teletherapy, and identify at least two online resources to support teletherapy with AAC users. All right, here we go. So Sarah, tell me, how did you get started in teletherapy?
1: Okay. So a lot of what I've shared in the last year and a half since I've kind of started my social media has really been specific to teletherapy. Um just like probably the rest of us, I started once my school closed in March of 2020 because of the pandemic. And so because I've shared a lot about teletherapy like on my YouTube channel and things, sometimes people think I've like been doing it for a long time, which I'm always very flattered about, but I haven't. I really just made it up as I went along. I was really really intimidated by it and i would like go on instagram and look at people that had like core boards on a green screen and like created all these materials and have like we're making boom cards and i just was like i can't do that if that's what like aac support through a computer is supposed to look like i cannot do that but i did i was like okay i Sign into Google Meet. That's the first step. And a lot of my colleagues were um, kind of in the same boat, or people that hadn't had as much experience with technology were just like, we don't even know how to schedule a meeting. So, I, for my district, I um, started to kind of like support some of my colleagues and go from there. And I really found like, in getting started with teletherapy, and this would be my same advice in getting starting to support AAC users, is to really just do it one step at a time. Um, and figure out like what one new thing you can learn or one new strategy you can try. And it doesn't have to be picture perfect. It does not have to be Instagram worthy. Um, Really none of my therapy I think would be Instagram worthy, but it's normally effective. (laughs) That's the important part, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I am surprised that you just like started learning teletherapy at the beginning of COVID because I do consider you like a teletherapy expert, especially in regards to AAC. So it just shows that you can really dive right right into this stuff and you're just so creative. So I'm excited to hear more of your tips. I am curious, and maybe Sarah is too, who is still going to be doing teletherapy and who's going back in person this year? Can you go ahead and put that in the chat? And then while you're writing that, I'll go ahead and actually a lot of them come in. So we'll go ahead and take a look quite a few in person already.
1: And what about you, Sarah? So I, my school district is scheduled to be fully back in person. Like I said, we have like three more weeks left. Um, so I'm honestly wondering, is that going to change? Right now, we're not even offering a virtual option, but I do uh, privately see one student right now through teletherapy. So I'm still like using my teletherapy skills. And also because I talk a lot about teletherapy and a lot about digital materials. Um, one thing I felt like as I was sort of starting to learn teletherapy is I really didn't want it to be a waste of time and energy where, oh, I learn all about boom cards and then we go back in person and like I throw that all away or like delete my Google Drive and I don't need this stuff anymore. Where I found that teletherapy has really helped me refine my practice, get some new strategies that are totally applicable to in-person. And we can use those digital materials in person. If you have any type of device, a computer, an iPad, they're still like our boom cards, our Google Slides activities are still... um, really fun and usable in person. So I really think that I don't think there's really been anything that I've spent time learning um, when we were virtual that hasn't helped me once we returned in person. That's great. That's really awesome.
0: So it looks like the majority are going back in person. A few people said both. So it's great that you're going to be sharing strategies that apply for both. So I already asked you this one. Sorry to jump a little bit ahead. (laughs) Was there anything else that you
1: wanted to share about that? No, I don't think so. So still doing both. And also, I think I'm just keeping an open mind and being flexible because who knows what what the fall is going to bring for us. Yeah, that's true.
0: So what resources have you
1: used to support your AAC users in teletherapy? Sure. So I think one way I was thinking of answering this question is sort of like how I first learned kind of how I supported myself and then what I've, how I continue to get strategies. And one of the biggest things, um, that has helped me grow my practice in person and in teletherapy has been social media. And I really feel like sometimes social media can get a bad rap and we say, Oh, we spend too much time on our phones and things like that. But especially since the pandemic started, I feel like we all kind of, did a lot more, of course, more online on the computer, things like that. And especially on Instagram, like I've met other people that like SLPs and educators who specialize in AAC that I've learned so much from and have really like grown that online network, um, since the last year and a half. So that is just a way that I really keep learning and a way that I was supported in starting out. Um, I think a lot of us again, on social media have gone to Facebook groups to get support, um, especially when we have AAC questions that like AAC for the SLP is a great resource. I, as I said, I reach out to people and I ask for help. So I'm in a pretty rural area. um, So there's not a lot, a ton of other SLPs who do a lot with AAC. And so sometimes when I have a question or I'm trying to figure something out, I'll go to my Instagram friends and be like, "What do I do?" Or I'll post it on my stories and and try to get help. So that's been really awesome. Another strategy, uh, kind of tip that I have is following ed tech blogs or ed tech Twitter accounts, that that is how I've learned a lot about Google and that there's things that we can do to make uh, a lot of the stuff we do on the computer and a lot of things our students are being asked to do more accessible. It's not, you know, don't limit yourself to Facebook groups that are just specific to AAC or are just specific to SLP, um, but really just that like general ed, ed tech world, um, they always have amazing hacks for like extensions that you can use and how to get things read aloud and um, and a lot of that stuff. I also, in terms of assistive technology, do um, AT chat on Twitter. Um, so it's hashtag ATChat, which I think we'll be starting back up again in the Fall. It's not specific to AAC. It's really all assistive technology. But on Wednesday nights, um, there's a live Twitter chat and there's always like a topic and the questions are posted ahead of time. AAC users sometimes participate, especially if the topic is on AAC. So that's been, been a great resource. And then um, I always am just, you know, try something out. Uh, try it out. And don't be afraid to fail because that's sometimes where I get stuck is if I can't really picture myself doing it successfully, I don't even want to try. Um, and then I found like, okay, if I try one thing and it doesn't work out, that's okay. If it does work out awesome, then I can learn another thing or another tool.
0: Yeah, such a great point. So you said edtech tech blogs or, and Twitter accounts. Is there like specific names that maybe people can write down
1: that you remember on the top of your head? I can't think off the top of my head, okay. but I could go on my Twitter later and tweet some out and then it would be uh, easy to um, to follow from there. Okay, that's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah. We can always add it to the
0: resources too. Yes, yeah, that's a great idea. So what inspired you to make a YouTube
1: channel? Okay, so good question. I, I, t- I touched on this a little bit um, a couple minutes ago, but I really found that like, I actually don't even consider myself to be very techie. And that's one reason why when I first was in grad school, I kind of shied away from AAC because I was like, I'm not techie. I wouldn't even know how to program that. And then pretty quickly, I realized that AAC, it's it's really not about technology. Yes, there is a piece of equipment, but it's really like it's language therapy. It's supporting communication and language development. Um, So again, I kind of had this like... (sighs) view of myself that I was like, I can't do technology. And then I saw some of my other colleagues that like really, like I said, didn't even know how to like start a Google Meet. I mean, we never, that was something we really never even used. So once I figured something out, like I can remember just in March of 2020 being on my dining room and being like, oh, I figured out how to add a meeting to a calendar and make it reoccur. So then I was like, I know a lot of other people are struggling with this. So I made a couple YouTube videos as I basically just did it as I was learning. So as soon as I figured something else out, I made a video and shared it within my district. And I made them just like unlisted on YouTube. Um, And then pretty quickly, people were like, this is so helpful. I'm sending these to somebody else. And so I said, oh, maybe I'll just share them and see how it goes. And it really was helpful to people, which was like pretty surprising to me. But I also think because I was learning as I was doing it. Um, it You know, I, I feel like I kept it simple and um, didn't really do things very elaborately. So it was easy for people to follow no matter what their comfort level was with technology. And in terms of incorporating AAC, like we were all, I think, just making it up as we went along. And so I really, really appreciated, as I said, when other people would figure something out and share it out on their social media or in a Facebook group. And I was like, this is so helpful to me. Um, I have to keep resharing. And like I said, I follow some different ed tech stuff. So then taking that and saying, oh, I can actually do this with a core board for my student and I can put it into GM board and be circling it for modeling. Um, so kind of marrying those two things. Um, so, so yeah, there's still like, <laughs> I feel like my videos are pretty imperfect, but again, that goes back to my theme of like everything I've been sharing when i presented this month is it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, you just have to start somewhere and, and do your best. And I think that sharing out is so, um, it's helpful to other people. And then you just get, you get so much back and can make connections and stuff like that. So, so it's been really fun. I love
0: that. Actually, I shared one of your YouTube videos recently in a presentation. It was the one where you're using emulation software. I believe it was lamp possibly. And that was really helpful to show people that you can actually do that. What would you say is like maybe your top one or two YouTube videos?
1: That's a good question. I would say I made two recent, two new ones recently that I think can really take us back in person. And it's about how to download those emulation software. So pretty much for as many different systems as I could think of, I made a video on how we ourselves can get on the computer dynamic display. So like Emulation software for Lamp Words for Life, for Unity, for Touch Chat. You can download um, an app onto your computer for Snap Core. Um, So all these ideas for a dynamic display and then also for static display so that when we do return to in-person, if um, we want to use like static display icons for things, um, just some ideas to get some of that stuff to help modeling be a little bit easier. Um, So those I think are good ones to check out. Awesome,
0: that sounds like a really helpful one.
1: So what are your
0: favorite digital resources
1: and activities? Okay, so I will also start by saying again, that digital resources are totally, totally applicable and could be used in person. And it was, you know, I've always had an iPad for therapy and have definitely used that um, a bit, but it's just sort of been whatever apps were downloaded on my computer. And when we think about the value and the power of these digital resources, in person, and of course, through a computer. Um, There's some things I think about that I did a presentation with Lauren Enders, um, I think for Closing the Gap, and we kind of discussed some of the really, the power behind digital resources, which um, what we came up with were that they're so easily adaptable. So you can really, really cater to student interests. So um, no matter what your student likes, say that they're really interested in lawnmowers or say they're interested in a show from the 80s and toys aren't made for that anymore. Like you can't just go to Target and buy some toys to, to match that interest, but you could make something in Google Slides. Um, you could even just Google image search some pictures and have some conversations about that. So we can, the digital resources allow us to be really, really responsive to student engagement so that it's not just what apps are in the app store or what games are available on Amazon. We can really, um, you know, be so much more flexible. So I really like to make things in Google Slides, Um, basically just like Google image searching a picture. I like to take pictures of my students and, and crop, like get rid of the background and add them into pictures with their favorite characters. Like it definitely, that brings on a lot of like surprise and laughter, gives you a lot to talk about. Um, I really like Jamboard, which is Google's digital whiteboard. I do use some boom cards. That's another thing where when, you know, I had this idea of like perfect teletherapy, I feel like everybody was on boom learning and it overwhelms me a little bit because there's just so much. And I'm like, how do I dig through this? So I use boom cards a little bit, but that's one thing that I haven't really like fully dived into, but, um, but I still can this school year. I definitely get some stuff on teachers, paid teachers and Even on Teachers Pay Teachers, if it's like a PDF of something, you can, of course, print that out if you're back in person, or you can open it, Kami, K-A-M-I, is um, just a website where you can open up PDFs and you can type on them. You can um, like circle things. You can do a lot of different things to edit the PDF. You can add shapes and things like that. So that can be a fun way to use your Teachers Pay Teachers resources in a digital way. I really like Ed Puzzle, which you can upload YouTube videos in, and then you can pause your YouTube video and ask targeted questions. I like YouTube in general, wordless shorts, um, music videos, things like that. Um, And then ready-made games that are just online, like on PBS Kids, National Geographic. This is one of my new favorite activities is that on National Geographic Kids, there's something called Funny Fill-Ins. And it's just basically a mad lib, which I think for AAC is really fun because I was using it with my student who uses lamp words for life. So his um, system is really, you know, categorized in terms of parts of speech. So when the funny fill-in asks you for like a person, I could say, oh, it's like pronouns, those are in yellow, or if it says verb, okay, all of those are gonna be your green buttons. So you can do some explicit teaching on some different parts of speech, which is fun. Um, then the AAC Language Lab has ready made activities that is um, a sub- subscription based. So that's uh, about $20 a year. Lesson Picks is another one of my favorites because they do have Unity and LAMP icons. Um, Lesson Picks is you can make materials, they have templates, and then they have lots and like tons and tons of icons, this huge library of symbols that you can create board games, you can create bingo cards, and that's also subscription-based. That's, I think, $36 a year. How fun.
0: Has anybody used, or does anybody have a a favorite? Go ahead and throw in the chat if you've used one of these, or you have a favorite one of these. Actually, Jamboard, we were talking before we even did this presentation. I have never even used that before, so I'm excited to try that out. Yeah. So, so Brooks use Ed Puzzle. Awesome. That's another one where I use like the Tar Heel gameplay for like pausing YouTube videos, but do you like Ed Puzzle a little bit better?
1: For so the- Ed Puzzle, you can put whatever one you want in. And then when it pauses, you have an option like you can type in a question, but like Tar Heel gameplay gives you like those icons where it might say go or something like that. You can upload specific AAC icons. So you could like, if your student uses Speak for Yourself, you could upload in Speak for Yourself icons um, that say go to prompt them to ask for the video to go or things like that. Okay, very cool. A lot of people have used
0: Edpuzzle, Google Slides, the Language Lab, Lesson Picks. Great. Help kids learn. Oh, that's a good suggestion. Oh
1: yeah, that's one I haven't used. That might be one of my new things. (laughs)
0: Awesome.
1: All right, so let's take a look at Google Slides. Yeah, so this is just an example of how I use Google Slides. This is my own kids, but I'll do this with my students, and this is, again, something super fun to do in person, where sometimes we make books, where it's a full story, or sometimes we just make a silly picture, where you choose a background. So where do you want to go? Should we go to the playground? Should we go to the zoo? Pick a place? And then you can see that i took out the background of their pictures um i use a website called remove.bg and it's super easy to just paste pictures in and it takes out the background you can paste it into your google slides um that kids love that just being added into um activities so that is something that i really never did in person um previous to us closing for the pandemic so and this is like a strategy that i've used in person since and we'll continue to use and then um, My older daughter's name is Raya. So she loves Raya and the last dragon. So we put Raya in there as like one of her favorite characters. So um, again, it just can be like a super fun language activity. You could make it a literacy activity and write um, some text at the bottom or just you could jot down what they say. Um, And then the really cool thing about this, as we start this next school year, is that you can print these things out. Um, And I recently watched a presentation with Lauren Enders, and she commented that she notices a lot in her district that um, her students with more complex needs or complex bodies don't often get like artifacts that they can bring home as much as kids in maybe a typical classroom are making artwork and writing things down and things are getting sent home so that um, whoever's at home can really see what they're doing at school and she said she didn't notice that as much for students with complex needs so this could be a really cool way to create something digitally that's really personalized to your student print it out, and then it would be so great for carryover at home um, that they don't need, that now their caregiver or their family has the context of what they talked about, and then they could, you know, give some language to describe it too, but I really liked that idea, and that's something that I'll definitely start doing more of um, this school year. I made a, a book in Google Slides with one of my students in teletherapy, and printed and laminated at school and mailed it to him and it was about star wars and winnie the pooh and he was in it and they had lightsabers this whole story and his mom said that he slept with it he was so excited so it was just you know really cool to see like you have a book published um, which again was something i had never really done before but now that now that i've learned it and i have have the tools um i'll definitely keep doing it
0: i love that it reminds me a little bit of like augmented reality too. Yes. Which is really popular, but this is much easier to do in like a digital format. So this is great. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah. And then here's an example of um, something from Lesson Picks. that this is just a picture, it, it's called Find the Picture, and this is a template where there's a kid standing on a beach, and then you could add in, like, say you were supporting a student with articulation, you could add in a bunch of S words. Um, this was something that somebody already made, and they added in lamp icons, and so... I open this in Jamboard, which is, again, a digital whiteboard. And you can just grab a pen and um, and can circle where you find the different icons and can practice saying them. Very nice. Right. Here's my my one tip for Boom Cards. Like I said, you might not want to listen to me because I don't use it a lot. But for supporting AAC, like I said, I... It, I didn't really have the patience or want to dig through and find like, what's really good. What makes sense to me and my student, what are they interested in? So if you're supporting AAC and you want to look into boom cards, two of my favorite stores are Rachel Madel SLP and Miss D SLP. Miss D SLP's games are really, really great for pre-K. I did get a lot of hers because um, it was really fun for my students of like, simple, like turn on the light and see what's there. And, um, she does have like symbol supports in there, both of, um, Rachel, um, and Misty SLP. I'm blanking on what her name is. I know somebody's going to know it. Um, her first name, but anyways, they both are AAC SLPs. So their, their resources are really like core word focused. And, um, it really, I find that it really lends itself to my goals, um, for my AAC users. So if you're also, don't do much on boom cards, that could be a good place to start.
0: Great.
1: And here's just a visual of that funny fill-in that I talked about. Um, so this I did with my student in teletherapy and he really, really liked it. And his mom was like, oh, I, I didn't get to see the session. I want to see what he wrote. So I was able to just take a screenshot of it and then email it to her. So that's, again, another benefit of, um, these digital materials is that it's really, really easy to just share home with family, um, to again, help with generalization of what you worked on. This is awesome.
0: I didn't know the national geographic had that I'm going to be using this. All week yes okay. and it's free it's so fun
1: very cool quick quick tip on youtube videos this is probably what i use youtube for the most is um books so of course when we're virtual we you know it's not as easy to just get physical books so i started using this trick that now i'm definitely using in person because um sometimes i see somebody like shares an example on instagram i'm like that seems really cool but I don't have that book. I don't have time to go to the library. I don't think my school library has it or some less common books that you might want to use that are really targeted to your student interests. Pretty much any book, any children's book, you can find it on YouTube. I don't know if there's been a book that I've looked for that I haven't been able to find a read aloud of on YouTube. Um, I remember even last September we were still virtual and one of my students had like a physical book, but I, I was like, I can't read it. I can't see what you're holding up. But I was able to search it right on YouTube. I had never heard of it before. And it sure enough was on YouTube. And so what I do, cause I like to have a little bit of control. I don't wanna just play the video and us just like listen to a read aloud is if you stop the video and then you use your right arrow on your keyboard um, which is shown in the picture it skips ahead like five seconds. And so basically you can click a couple of times and it will act like it's turning the page. So you just, it's basically just looking at a digital version of the book and um, the page will turn as you click and you can read it. Um, So it still can be similar to So reading in person, I did this in person too, where I would pull it up on my iPad and I would just um, turn the volume off and would read it and talk about it as it kind of went through when I like didn't have time to go search for an actual physical book. And there was something specific I wanted. I love that.
0: When you had this picture, I'm like, is that what she does with it? That's super cool. I've not tried that. So I'm going to try that this week. Yeah, and I feel like it allows you to do like important reading strategies, like the car or wrap. Um, Is there a particular like reading strategy that you like to use with your AAC users?
1: That's a good question. Definitely use car, and I try to pause a lot, and I try to be like invite responses as much as I can, and you know, be be animated, and also just pick books that are targeted to their interests. Um, because, and again, that's really where I think the power of digital resources is, is that we can be so specific to our students and we can, you know, change so quickly. If you're reading Dragons Love Tacos, for example, and they're really, really interested in the dragon part or the taco part, you can say, all right, let's find another book on tacos or another book on dragons. Um, so it's kind of, I think, easier to, to find something that your kids will get excited about.
0: For sure. That's great.
1: So how
0: do you find budget-friendly materials for teletherapy?
1: So if you couldn't already tell, my favorite thing is Google Slides. (laughs) And so, and it's very similar to PowerPoint. Pretty much PowerPoint can do a lot more pretty much anything you can do in PowerPoint. You can also do in Google slides. That's just kind of where I started. And so that's like my comfort level is within Google slides. So again, you don't have to do everything. And so this is just another example. I, I don't do anything in PowerPoint. I don't know how to animate things. It looks really cool. And other people do it. And I'm like, I'm just not learning that. So, so find where your comfort comfort zone is. Um, and like I said, I just like Google image search and throw things in slides. I also do a lot of GIFs. Um, Rachel Madel has a GIF activity on um, on her Teachers Pay teacher store. So I kind of modeled after that. Um, use like a couple of my students really love Star Wars. So I'll just pull in a bunch of Star Wars GIFs and, um, and then we'll silly things and we'll talk about them. So the Chrome extension Giphy, it's G-I-P-H-Y. Um, it's in the Chrome web store and it's free. Um, you can search for anything. You could search for moods and pulling gifts. So that's something that I, that I use a ton. Um, as in the example with my kids, making silly photos. Sometimes my students and I write whole stories. Like today I had my teletherapy session um, with my one student I'm still working with on teletherapy. And we started writing a book that has uh, The Rock. He really likes the WWE. He also likes Curious George. So the man in the yellow hat and the rock are going to the zoo. And that's what we're, we're writing a story about. Um, so of course, all this stuff is free. Um, also... I always find this balance of like, do I want something that's cost effective or do I wanna save my time on this? And so I definitely will go to Teachers Pay Teachers or find something that's pre-made, especially when I see somebody else use it. That's like I said, what I love Instagram for is I'll see somebody else's stories and I'm like, that's amazing, I'm gonna buy that. And then my week is planned. Oh, yeah, I
0: completely agree. I feel the same. It's so funny that you prefer Google Slides because I'm the opposite. Like I prefer PowerPoint. I have maybe tried Google Slides a few times. I just can't get into it. I'm curious what everybody else is using. Can you guys throw it in the chat? Are you a Google Slides person or a PowerPoint person?
1: And that's really where I had to be like, okay, with not doing it all, because I do see like the animations in PowerPoint. I'm like, I want to learn that. Then I'm like, nope you're doing enough. You, can. yeah, you can't you can do it all. Don't, yeah. Don't stress yourself out. There's a lot of team slides here. Somebody says both good for you. Awesome. <laughs> so here's an example. I made it in Google slides. You could easily make this in PowerPoint. And I was trying to think where I got this idea from. I can't remember, but I base I did this activity with my student who likes the WWE. He loves john cena and so we made some memes and you know we were at this time talking about emotions. so i found some different pictures where he has these like big emotional reactions and so we're like looking at this top picture where john cena's kind of like in disbelief and so i was like well what what would make you look like that like why is he feeling like that and so he said mom says we're not having pizza for dinner and then he has this look on his face and then the next picture he's smiling and so my student wrote like, and so I said, okay, she says that, but then what would actually make you happy after that? And so then mom says, we're having tacos. <laughs> um, so this was just something that was like super funny. I shared it home to his mom so that she could like show people. Um, my student thought it was really funny. And it's just kind of a a fun, like age respectful, like we all love memes um, activity that was free because I just Google image searched John Cena. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Everything you're sharing just
0: seems like so much fun. Like I would want to be in your therapy room. (laughs) So how do you keep learners engaged in therapy on a virtual platform? I can see why, but let's hear, hear it from you.
1: (laughs) Um, I was going to say that that comment leads us perfectly into, into this next question because student engagement is something that I really had to refocus on in teletherapy. And I'm totally take, like, that's one of the strategies and just sort of, even just the fact that I need to really, really focus on that so much more, I have taken back with me in person. Um, Not to say that I didn't always try to be fun and engaging in teletherapy. You know, I always try to be child led, but I think it's a lot easier when you're in person to keep somebody engaged in something that's maybe not their favorite. Um, But on the computer, like, that our kids can just stand up and walk away or they can just completely like look away and disengage. And so I feel like I really had to like up my game. And one thing that made me really realize this was that I did at first, I'll like try to do it all. I was like, I am going to be splitting my screen so that I'm modeling and also have an activity. And I'm also like taking data. I don't know, like too many balls in the air. And my students were definitely not engaged. And I found that when I just like started closing windows, even just closing the whole thing down. And because to me, like teletherapy means you're sharing your screen, you have a digital activity. And like, so that's teletherapy. And then I realized no, it doesn't have to be that, you know, we can just have our videos on and have a conversation or show me something that's in your house. Like, especially with my younger students, a lot of times I actually went back to physical materials, um, because that's what got their engagement. And so I've really had to rethink that once I've returned in person of how am I gauging if my students with me or not, because of course that's going to look different for all of our students. It doesn't mean that they're looking at our activity necessarily. They could be looking away, but we know they're engaged because they're laughing with us and they're, they're kind of moving stuff sometimes, um, that it's going to look different for, for every student, but to really tune in on that. Um, because I did listen to an episode of talking with tech with Kathy Howery, where she, it's like one of my favorite episodes and she really talks about engagement and how that needs to be our focus. We you know, we have these foundations of AAC where we know we need to model and provide aided language input. We know we need to be focused on core words, um, things like that, where sometimes I think I got too focused on that modeling part and would lose my students with my engagement, with their engagement. I had one student who really, really made very minimal progress with his AAC device And after listening to that episode, I said, okay, I need to stop making modeling my priority and start like making my relationship with the student a priority. And it, it made a world of difference. He, you know, started laughing when we were together. Um, He would come sit on my lap during circle time. And really like, we just started enjoying each other a lot more. And I really wasn't modeling as much, but he actually started to make more progress when I focused on the relationship. And didn't model as much. So that's sort of been like been a huge, huge shift. Um, in talking about, again, teletherapy or these, these digital tools that we can just change them so quickly. So we can really be responsive to engagement levels. Um, we can like add in different pictures or we can, have a couple of things planned and just close, close out tabs um, and start something new. Or sometimes I just go to my Google drive and I start to search something and I'm like, can you remember something that we've done that you liked um, to, to just really be able to follow their lead and um, to really Again, this is something I get from Lauren Enders, but prioritizing fun and laughter. And that wasn't necessarily something I always thought about. I didn't always walk into a classroom thinking like, let's have a blast and let's just be like laughing this whole time. Like, we got to get to work. These are our core words of the week. And this is what we're targeting. Um, But when we really focus on that like fun and joy with our students, we're going to get the engagement when we're ready to when they're ready to be watching our modeling and things like that. And they're going to be so much more ready to learn.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say like that whole piece reminds me of LAMP's principle, which is like readiness to learn. And it is really easy to forget about that. Like with our other populations, that's one of the big things we're always like build rapport, get them engaged. And then you can like target those speech and language goals. And sometimes we forget with our AAC users because they may not be able to tell us, right? Like this is really boring or whatnot, but you made a a really good point that on teletherapy, it's even more important that they're engaged. Now I'm curious how much parent coaching were you doing in teletherapy versus like one-on-one with a student?
1: So I was for pre-K age, um, and I also had like a mix of students um, who some of them were using AAC, some of them just had articulation goals, Um, but I did do a lot of parent coaching, Um, not so much live. Some of it was like live, we would do a session, but I also started using digital tools like recording my screen to show something or um, just demonstrating myself how we might use AAC reading a book and then recording that and sending that to families so they could just watch um, when it was convenient for them. Um, with my older students, normally their parents are like close by, but it's not as much parent coaching. Um, I guess not to say older students, but they're just a little bit more independent with their device. And um, and so my students who are more emergent or newer on their devices. It was more of like saying to the parents, like, can you model this? but I also found um, myself included, a lot of us parents were very, very overwhelmed. And so I tried to be really mindful of not making it like another chore on the parents. You know, they're logging them into virtual circle time and then they have me and then they have OT. So again, going back to like, let's just have fun for 30 minutes. I'm going to model some language, ask your mom to model a couple of things, but you know, I did try to not put too much on the parents because it's, you know, it's not like that's what they signed up for. It's what we were thrown into. Yeah. Such a good point.
0: So are there strategies that you use in teletherapy that have helped you
1: when you return to in person? Yeah. So I guess my, one of my biggest ones was again, um, talking about in, engagement and just being so, so focused on, um, our learners, special interests where before I think that if I was in person and one of my students brought up the WWE, I would have been like, Oh, that's cool. Like I don't really watch that, but here's the activity I brought. We're playing bingo. Like let's move on where now it's just so easy to be like, I don't really know about the WWE who wrestles in it. Um, do you have their names on your device? Oh, you don't like, let's Google it. So we'll get a list of all the wrestlers. Okay. Tell me which people you like, um, and things like that. So it's just kind of, it's just easier for me to think of how I can be creative and incorporating those interests, which again, I'm like always taking a device with me to, um, to therapy now, just in case something comes up. Um, and then of course, like, as I said, being connected with all of our amazing um, kind of our awesome network of AAC SLPs and educators. And that's something that I'll continue to use that, you know, when I come to a roadblock or I need inspiration, now I have people that I can really reach out to and say like, what are you doing this week? And Um, like Emily celebrated me being in high school. I have a couple of my friends who are in high school that I'm going to (laughs) be really relying on for support this next year. Um, So I think that's kind of been a silver lining that we've just sort of opened up our connections to so many different people all around. Yeah, such a good
0: point and a nice perspective that I wouldn't even consider. So how are you continuing to use the digital activities in person?
1: So I guess I feel like I've touched on this a little bit, but bringing a device to therapy, I was lucky this past year that I had that one of the empty classrooms had a smart board in it. So I would pull up stuff on the smart board, which is really fun. Um, I always have to remind myself that you can print stuff out now. <laughs> so um, like going on lesson picks and searching things and printing things out. Um, I do that a lot. I still am reminding myself to continue those really strong connections we've had with um, families through digital platforms so that if a family wants to meet, but we can't schedule it, um, you still being open to doing those virtual meetings or just emailing things home, um, taking pictures and emailing them home or putting them on an app or on a Google classroom, if you have that, um, that those I think are things that there's so many ways that we'll continue to use our our digital activities.
0: Yeah, for sure. You didn't really, I don't think
1: you talked a lot about Google Classroom. Did you create one for last year? So since my student, our district uses Google Classroom, but only second grade and up. And then um, the lower grades use an app called Seesaw, where um, you can post uh, student work, Teachers can assign things to um, students. And so that was used a lot when we were virtual where teachers would do um, some digital assignments and students could respond to them like either drawing or typing or voice, voice, voice recording. And it also works both ways. Like I could get on to Seesaw and post um, some type of activity to support AAC at home um, and tag my students so it would go into their feed. Um, so that was something where I was really having stronger kind of back and forth connections with families. And that's something I still, you know, I'm making that a goal to continue that (laughs) this year. That's great. I said Google classroom,
0: but I meant the Bitmoji classroom. Did you make one of those?
1: No, I don't. I think that I made like the picture just to like have it, but I didn't make one that had like links. I'm trying to think if I
0: did or not, I don't think think about it. I want to see if anybody else has, and if they plan to use it again this year, because those took a lot of work. I mean, I started one and then I was like, this is too much, but they were so cool. I really admired like people that created them. So if you made one, drop it in the chat and let us know if you're going to use it again this year. Cause I could definitely see the value of like bringing that back into even in-person therapy.
1: Yes. A friend of mine um, made a Bitmoji classroom and she used it a lot for like RTI or speech improvement, like students that didn't necessarily qualify for an IEP. She would send this Google classroom that had like all this home practice information for the teachers and things like that. So I would could totally see um, see that continuing.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It doesn't see like there seem like there's anybody who's using it again this year, maybe just not in this chat.
1: Okay, so here are a, it's a collection of resources that I have that I tried to pull things that I, that I have um, that were relevant to what we discussed today. So this is a wakelet, which is kind of similar to a Pinterest. It's like a feed, a collection of activities. You'll see when you open it up, but it, you can access this wakelet that has links to lots and lots of different things at bit.ly backslash back all in caps. I realize I messed that up from how you had written it, but it's all, this one's all caps, B A A A C K. So there's two A's. And then Gregory is all, um, is all lowercase. So bit.ly back with two A's, uppercase, and then Gregory, all lowercase. And so you can make copies of some of the activities that I've made in Google Slides. So then you can go ahead and edit it and put in whatever you want for your students. I put some of my YouTube videos in that kind of describe um, some of the things we talked about. And I did want to mention um, that I know teletherapy, it's kind of hard to like talk about and not fully visualize what it is. So if there's anything that I talked about or a resource that uh, isn't linked there that you would like please reach out to me, either message me on Instagram or email me. And I probably have a video for it. Um, or I can send, um, send along some different resources if you want any more information on anything. Great. What
0: are your biggest takeaways from becoming a teletherapist overnight? Okay.
1: So I think I've probably touched on a bunch of them, but I'm going to say again, to focus on engagement, which, you know, it's funny because i if you asked me this two years ago, I would have said, Of course, I focus on engagement, but now I think I'm way better at it. Um, not to try to do everything all at once. So, especially if you're starting this school year and you're new to AAC, don't feel like you have to master it all at once. Take it one step at a time. Um, I like to say, Do the next right thing. That's, I think, from Frozen 2. Um, but just decide, like, what is the next thing that I can do that's going to get me closer to my goal and um, do help me do a little bit better supporting my students. Um, so it doesn't have to be all at once. Um, oh, the Bitly link didn't work. I'll check that out. Sorry. Um, and what else that your therapy doesn't have to be fancy and Instagram worthy, which is kind of, you know, that's one of the drawbacks of social media is that sometimes we can get into that comparison of like, Oh, my therapy doesn't look like that. But I guarantee you, nobody's therapy looks like that all the time. Even when I share, I only share pretty much when I think it's going well. So you're not seeing all of like the flops and all of the things that didn't go well. Um, and of course, like, remember, Focus to focus on really our foundations of AAC support. So we want to be f- focused on core words. We do need to providing modeling. It doesn't need to be the only thing we focus on, but it, you know we have to be providing aided language input um, and supporting motor planning and providing robust communication systems. Um, and then my my last advice, and this is just like for life, right? But to be gentle with yourself that if something doesn't go well or if you feel like, um, you know, you don't know enough or you don't, aren't as comfortable with the tech, um, that's okay. And to keep it simple, like it really, really good AAC therapy doesn't have to be complicated. doesn't have to have bells and whistles. If you're feeling overwhelmed by it, um, then your student's probably feeling overwhelmed. I found that when I was overwhelmed with all of my tabs and windows, I wasn't able to gauge my students' engagement. Um, And so I had to really, really keep it simple so that I could kind of focus on like those foundational things. And, you know, if we were having fun and that was really going to set us up for learning.
0: Yeah, such a great point. Um, And Hope and everybody else, we do have a link to the Wakelet in the resources section of the course on TASSEL. So you should have access to that. Okay, really quick before we start the Q&A and talk about the giveaway, I would recommend just taking a screenshot of this slide or it is included in the handout as well. And it talks about how you can earn CEUs. I think everybody here is already registered. So don't mind about the registration fee, that's for our playback recording, Um, but you also have the date here. So we just need those by September 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. All right, so let's talk about the giveaway and then we'll jump into our Q&A um how do you want to do this how should we do this Sarah
1: all right so for the giveaway um should we do a birthday yeah let's do it whose birthday are we doing let's do my oldest daughter okay (laughs) I have to pick one of them March 19th oh you told us well, I guess I mean, hopefully we'll do
0: the honor system. Let's do the other hey, daughter,
1: you, the other daughter. Sorry, I'm it's sorry. Okay.
0: Go ahead and enter your birthdays in and we'll see whose birthday is the closest to her other daughter, her the youngest daughter,
1: daughter. <laughs> their birthdays might be close. They might be far away. Darn it. I was trying to search for what I did wrong with that bit.ly
0: link. <laughs> All right. Well, these are coming through. There's another way to win a gift card as well. If you take a screenshot of the courses and share on social media and use the hashtag BTS 2021 and either tag Sarah or I, and uh, the social media winners are going to be announced by the end of the event. So that one's going to be a little bit longer tonight. We will have a winner for the uh, Q and a chat. All right, Sarah, did you get to go through the the dates and see, or you can just
1: tell me and I'll take a look. Sorry, I'm new to this. Okay. It's January 15th. Okay. Let's see.
0: Oh, there's a a 13th, January 13th. That's really close. Yeah. I think that's the winner. So that was, uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren, you can reach out to info at tasseltogether.com and let, let us know that you won and we'll make sure that you get your gift card. Okay, so if you have any questions, we have a few minutes left. Uh, go ahead and drop them in the chat for Sarah to answer. If you don't of it you know you don't have a question on top of your head right now just know that in tassel there's the groups tab and you can go ahead and post your question within the discussion group let's say you have a you're just getting back to school and you have like a tricky case and you want it to ask sarah something or one of the other presenters drop them in that discussion group and i'm actually going to compile the questions and share them with the presenters so that they can get back to you by the end of the challenge here's sarah's social media handles as well as my own Thank you everybody so much for coming. I don't see any questions yet, but we'll give it, you know, until eight, we'll hang out, hang around. If you don't have questions and you wanna go ahead and hop off before the next uh, course with Lydia, an actual AAC user, which is just incredible. I hope you guys will, will jump on for that one as well. Okay, I see some questions. That came through. I, I
1: put the wakelet. I don't, I double checked the bit.ly too, but I put the link to the wakelet so you can just click that and then and save it from there if that's Perfect. Useful. Sometimes it's just like one letter is off, you know? And the capitalizations matter. So I could have done that wrong. <laughs> so Hope asked, Do you have a favorite AAC program? So I this isn't this is a hot topic. So I will say that I think it's really, really important for us to be honest and aware of our bias. And I think that probably everybody has a favorite system just for the fact that like my brain works a specific way and there are certain systems that make sense to my brain and certain systems that don't, Then I'm like, why did they organize it like that? And there's certain ones where it's so, it's really easy for me to find things because I get the organization. So I think that, you know, sometimes, and I also think it's important that having a favorite system is not the same thing as saying like, then everybody gets the system that I prefer. Um, But I think it's important to recognize like, yes, this really makes sense to me. So I want to make sure I'm not recommending it just because I've seen success with other kids, or just because it's the easiest for me to support. Um, so, so I don't know. Most of our students use lamp boards for life. Um, in our school district, we use a specific system first approach with. I first learned about on the Talking with Tech podcast. So we do a lot, a lot of trainings on LAMP. Our staff is really, really comfortable um, and knowledgeable on LAMP, and we have seen a lot of success. But just because that's what most of our students use doesn't mean that's what everybody gets. That's not the only system we consider. And I think that we're actually, you know, really good at select. quickly realizing this isn't the right system, we're going to select something else and really involving family and caregivers and and being honest and saying, you know, there are a lot of other students that use LAMP. Uh, I do really like that system, but again, I know that's like specific to my brain and that's not my students' brain. Um, so so I don't know, that that can be kind of controversial that I think a lot of times there's pressure put on us as people who support AAC to like not have a favorite. But I think as long as we're not letting that influence our decisions about the people that we support, um, being honest with ourselves about it and other people, then, you know, there, there's no one size fits all. Um, and I think talking about specific system first is like a whole nother hour podcast that we can't get into, but that'll be my answer for the question.
0: Great. And she wrote you back.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I feel like you're on the right track awesome
0: all right I don't think there's any other questions so if you think of something feel free to put it in the discussion group on tassel and we will definitely make sure that Sarah sees it thank you everybody for coming yes if you are going to join the next one it's a separate link so um go back into tassel into that course uh well, I think I am like having a brain fart right now, <laughs> Consult an AAC user. And within that, that's a new zoom link, but thank you everyone. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was amazing. All right. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye everyone. Guess what? This episode is worth 0.1 ASHA CEUs. However, listening to this pod course does not automatically guarantee ASHA CEUs or a certificate. If you want to earn ASHA CEUs for this pod course, please visit tasseltogether.com to create an account, pick a membership level, and access the course materials. Tassel will automatically submit your course participation to ASHA once the course requirements are met. Remember to check the course details section under each course on the website for completion deadlines. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this pod course.